from the streets of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! going on welcome to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trenopole and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the original baseball team in america the cincinnati reds i hope you guys are enjoying opening day today i hope you went down and saw the parade and you went down to the bags and had a couple beer wait a second oh yeah the parade doesn't start till like next Thursday, and we had a parade or actual normal day, opening day in three years. But they do play the world champion Atlanta Braves tonight at 8 o'clock. I am wearing my red stuff. It is opening day. I am excited about red season, but we are here to talk about the Bengals as much as we can with Evan McPhillips. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,549 subscribers. You guys are killing it. I appreciate you guys for subscribing. And listening every single day. Now, 
if you're watching on Facebook or Twitter and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, why the hell not? Please do so. Please go to the YouTube channel, Sports with Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. It just helps me out. You can watch it on Facebook. Just give me the subscribe. I'd appreciate it. Also, if you are wanting to chat in the uh, super, uh, excuse me, in the YouTube chat, we are doing super chats there. So if you want to make sure your chat got read for Evan or myself, give me super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. And then, as always, I'm coming to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T Properties. T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, what's up to everybody in the chat? EC, Craig, you're there. Josh, what's going on? Joe, Royal Flush Terry, Brian, Haas, and Samuel. What is up, guys? What is up? Welcome to the show. All right. So, like I said, we have been talking mostly Bengals, you know, because it's getting it's draft month. We have got to figure out what in the hell the Bengals are going to do at 31. There's so many people saying, you know, let's take Linenbaugh, which that'd be me. I'm saying take him if he's there. Take a cornerback. Take, you know, a defensive tackle. There's so many things that the Bengals could do, and it depends on what happens in the draft, what the teams do in front of us. It's a lot of fun to discuss. Now, a guy who's a great follow. On Twitter. Now he's Evan McPhillips, not Evan McPherson. We don't need to call him Money Nick or Money Mac or, or any of that stuff. He's, he's just Evan McPhillips. He's an awesome follow on Twitter. Check him out. Let's get to him. Here's Evan. Evan, what's going on, brother? What's going on, Jeff? I mean, I'm sorry to disappoint. No Evan McPherson, just Evan McPhillips, just <laughs> Evan, as you said. So uh, sorry. You know, go ahead, tune out. It's all good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Hey, like I said, you are a great follow on Twitter. So definitely, uh, you you got. I already know you you got some stuff set up for us. You, you're already going to bring the fire, and and you do it every single time. So <laughs> I'll let you I'll let you start it off because you got some stuff in the can, fired up and ready to go. Go for it. Jeff, I got something on my chest, man, and uh, I've, I've been itching to get this off my chest, and I appreciate you giving me the platform to do so. But yes, uh, there's been a lot of talk. Last week or two about the guy, uh, one David Ajabo. Yes, sir. And people are licking their chops saying, ooh, are we going to have a, a top five talent, top ten talent drop into the Bengals' lap at 31? Mm. Mm. The Bengals should pounce on that opportunity. Jeff, I'm here to say I'm out on David Ajabo at 31. Out. No, out of here. Out. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. And this is nothing against David Ajabo. This is just kind of a blend of factors, right, that we're going to kind of go into. And one kind of overall arching argument is also about the value of taking project players. And PFF Steve, uh, Steve Palazzolo, has been kind of pushing this kind of argument for a little bit now. And I've kind of come around on it. And the idea is that if you have these projection players and Ajabo is exactly that because of how raw he is his background with not having a lot of experience playing football right he's someone who needs to see the field and with these project players Steve makes the argument that if you have a guy who is not going to reach his potential in a perfect scenario in a perfect world for until season four are you better served taking a good quality player or a person that you believe to be a good quality player and having them help your team for those three or four years, you'd be pouring resources and time and effort into developing and having another hole somewhere else because of it. 
why not draft a player who can help you in the now? And then when that guy is hitting his ceiling in four years, sign him as a free agent. Better yet, instead of waiting four years for David Ajabo to maybe become Brian Burns, just sign Brian Burns. So here's the reason because of this stuff, right? So when we look at David Ajabo, yes, he has that talent that makes you salivate. He definitely would be that guy who goes in that 8 to 15 range, that Rashawn Gary guy, the, the toolsy guy who doesn't quite have the production to match, right? We see the the crazy athletes and the guys with more uh, cachet, more production. They're the blue chip players. They go at the top, right? Right. We've already heard people talking that maybe the top of the draft players wouldn't necessarily be considered blue chip and the rest of them. Right. And I posit to you that even with that in mind, David Ajabo was still, when healthy, being mocked in the teens. Right. Okay. So we're already talking still considered about a project too. Right. And so when people say, oh, but if Bengals take him at 31, they're getting a top 10 prospect. People didn't consider him that when he was healthy, unless you were very, very high on him. Right. 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 So now you add in the Achilles injury and let's talk about that. You had a guy already who is extremely raw. And for those who don't understand his background, he didn't start playing football until what late high school. And right. he didn't even see the field all the time early at Michigan. And he won a lot based off of his raw, just athleticism. And he still has a lot of upside and that's definitely something you want to chase, but you're taking the risk on one, whether he's going to even reach that upside. And two, now you're relying on a position and a player who are coming off an Achilles injury where you need to be explosive. And his game is predicated on that explosiveness. It's not like you have a power defensive end and saying, Oh, well he tore his Achilles. And if he's not still a hundred percent on the, the burst, well, at least he's, you know, 90 or 85% and still has strength and power, right? This is a guy who was already going to need three seasons to develop, right? Coming off the Achilles. So now you, Hope he comes back from the Achilles 100%. You hope that within two seasons of playing, he can figure out how to play football at an NFL level. By then, you're in his fourth year before you're seeing production. Now, that's just the player side of the argument. And I want to pull this up real quick. This is a PFF data study that uh, they did. I want to say it was two years ago now. You got to share it with me again. It's I don't know what happened. It's not. It's not I'll go ahead and pop it up here real oh, quick. And see if that there. starts coming yep. up for you. Yep, I got it. There you go. Okay, so this graph right here, it shows that no position struggles more than edge defenders in year one. This is the distribution of wins above replacement, which basically says how much better a player or a draft pick was than some street available veteran. You can see right here, looking at the edge, it usually takes them until year three or four before they start to hit their real potential. And this is not talking about projects. This is talking about just your everyday average player projects, guys who are NFL ready, quote unquote, all of them, the Miles Garrett's everyone. So this is just a position again, where you're talking about like it is for offensive line. It takes a couple of years for these guys to reach their potential because they are 21. They need to get as strong as guys who are 26 and 27, who have been in weight programs, getting this strong for years, developing their technique at a level that they have not seen in college. So it obviously it makes sense that there's that technique and that physical gap for everyone except for the freaks. So looking at already how long it takes generally for an edge to reach their uh, their peak, keeping in mind that this is a player who probably needed two or three years to develop and reach his peak anyways at his best projections, and you factor in that an explosive player just towards Achilles 
and you need to hope that he comes back as explosive mm-hmm. with all that in together on top of the fact that Sam Hubbard's under contract until 2025. Trey Hendrickson's under contract until 2024. That is three seasons from now. Right. Now, if you're arguing in four seasons, he can help us. And until then, he can give us rotational help. I just feel like there's other ways to go about that. You have Joseph Osai. Go sign a veteran. Go draft another guy who, in this talented edge class, might fall to the second or the third round. There's no reason to waste a premium pick on that for a guy who might give you two or three hundred snaps at a backup edge position. We're talking about edge three or four here. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, and that's that's the thing is, and it kind of reminds me of when the Bengals drafted Cedric Obwehi. I mean, they reached on him. He was injured. They thought he'd be able to be good enough to play, you know, replace Whitworth. And how did that go? And and with the Super Bowl window that the Bengals have, I it's so small that they need to uh, capitalize on what they have right now. Mm-hmm. And to me, and, and that's where I'm a big Linderbaum fan. If he's there, which at first I didn't think he would be, you know, mm-hmm. but there's more talk that he might be because of the short arms and he's only a center and he's really only good in zone blocking schemes, which is the Bengals. That's exactly what they are. Now, another thing we got here with, with, with Natty here, and that's what he says. I got a feeling this, I, I agree with him on this too. He said, I got a feeling that the Bengals are going to trade back because the board isn't going to fall in their favor. And that, there's a very good possibility that could happen too. And I'm okay with that. I know we lose the fifth year option, mm-hmm. but Evan, I think the Bengals are at the point where, where they need depth because, and I keep bringing this up. We got uh, Joe, Jack by Joey Burrow, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, all their contracts are coming up. We got all the guys on the defense are all under, you know, most of them are under free agent contracts. We're going to have to replace these guys. You know, we're mm-hmm. not going to be able to keep everybody. This is when they start drafting for depth. So I wouldn't be surprised if they trade back and, and get some more pieces. Now, if they trade back and Ajabo is there in, I don't know, fifth round because he is got fifth? an Achilles. The fifth yeah. round, he's got. He's got if he's there, if he's there in the third round, yeah, I'll take yeah. it. If he's there, he's back in the second baby. He's got a torn Achilles. Is I mean, are people? I mean, like you said, people weren't that on him already. I mean, he had tore his Achilles. I, I don't. I'd be surprised if he's still a first rounder. He's at least, I think, a very good possibility a second rounder. Right. It's definitely, I think maybe he falls toward the mid second round, but I don't think he'll fall much more than that. I just think that it's a combination of the injury Mm -hmm. plus the projection, plus the fact that whatever you think of Sam Hubbard and absolutely they could improve on him. He's a very, and I don't mean this offensively. I mean, he's a league average defensive end. That's very good. And I'm very glad to have him on the team. While you can sit here and say objectively you can upgrade on him, anyone with a pulse on the Bengals who knows the community has seen how Sam has been a member of the community, is a local hometown person, has been a good player, and they like him, and he's been part of this rebuild since the start. He came in. He's friends with Joe Burrow and everything. And this, I just don't see all of that factoring into them saying, we could get a 10 or 20% upgrade. We're going to spend – 15 million dollars to do it or premium draft capital to do it because they're not benching or cutting Trey Hendrickson the way he's playing and they're not going to bench Sam Hubbard so again talking edge three and I'm just I'm out I'm out on that and they have Joseph Osai and I think they're really banking on Joseph Osai to be be a bit a big difference maker this year yes I I think he can be I think he can be and if he he works out he's your third edge right there 
Right. And uh, that's why I look at positions like corner, like offensive line. And that's kind of the the Zion Johnson, the Kyer Elam, the Kyler Gordon type look. That's kind of where I'm leaning at the end of the round and my preference for what the Bengals would go with. Um, the thing about a trade back is if you're trading back a couple of picks into the, let's say the top of the second round, maybe that that slew of the top five, 10 picks, maybe there's a couple of people that haven't taken quarterbacks. The only way I see the ball or the board not falling in the Bengals' favor such that Tyler Lindenbaum's gone and Kyer Elam's gone and Kyler Gordon's gone and there were five cornerbacks taken and all the offensive linemen, that means no quarterbacks are going. Right. That's where I I thought there's going to be somebody there at 31. And there's going to be a boatload of wide receivers that go too. So I just see all these positions like like tackle and like there's multiple tackles going to go in there. Let's say five tackles. Okay. And then you got five wide receivers. And then you're talking about all these talented edge players. They're saying maybe five guys in the top 15, like we're already at 15 players right there. And we haven't even taken a corner off the board. Like, so, and there's no quarterback there either. So I think there's going to be one of, I think Zion Johnson probably goes mid twenties based on the, the appeal to teams like the Cowboys, like the Buccaneers. Um, But I, I think there's a possibility that, you're looking at Linderbaum, maybe one of Elam or Gordon on the on the clock there, and a Jabo. And maybe if the quarterbacks haven't gone, like we said, they could trade back into that top 10 of the second round. I would be hesitant for them to go much farther back than that. And the, the reason being is even if you're acquiring more picks, the quality of prospect you get at the back end of round one, at the top of round two, is significantly different than the back end of round two or the middle of round two. It's the difference between T Higgins and a Jackson Carmen type prospect. That's the difference is the guy who slipped out around one or is at the back end of round one for some odd reason. Like you said, Oh, Linderbaum's only a fit in zone schemes and this and this. So he's only a top 10 prospect for these five teams. Well, guess what? The Bengals are one of those five teams, right? Exactly. That's where the value of that comes in. So I think there's going to be, at least maybe two players like Linderbaum. Like you said, early, everybody kept saying overall on their big boards, this is a top 10 prospect. Guys like Daniel Jeremiah who do mock drafts with what he says are their ears, what they're mm-hmm. hearing. Right. Linderbaum's not going in the first round. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, like you said, we see it with center. We saw it with Creed Humphrey. Mm-hmm. The highest we've really seen centers go is like the top early 20s. And I just don't well, know that it can be Billy Price. <laughs> exactly. And I, I don't and Frank Ragnow. And I just mm-hmm. don't see where people value Linderbaum over a guy like Zion Johnson or these tackles that everyone seems to love. Like a cross may not be loved as much as the league. Uh, the league apparently doesn't love him as much as the media does. So maybe he slides into the 20s and someone wants him. So I just I have trouble seeing Linderbaum. One of the corners that they like, whether that's Elam, uh, Kyer Elam or Kyler Gordon, those type of guys, or Andrew Booth, if that's their preference. I just I have a tr- tough time seeing all of them off the board. If they are, I wouldn't mind seeing a trade back into the second round. But again, you'd rather get quality players than necessarily just say, let's get 10 players because you're probably going to have to cut like two or three of them at that right. point. And then right. then you don't want to then you're just wasting assets. So you, you want to be targeted sir a little surgical with it absolutely mm-hmm. more picks more swings at the bat is good but there is a drop off so mm-hmm. I, I do like the idea if someone's willing to pay for it to move up and we get an extra second round out of it I, i'm game with that but i also think there's a lot of value to be had because you can top put the cherry on top on that offensive line rebuild and say 
We're done. done. Right, exactly. That's it. Handled. Let's worry about everything else. And then you can say, or if you take corner, you can say, hey, we have a guy we can rely upon to be that third or fourth guy right now and be that second guy eventually or compete to be that second guy right now. And I, I feel like the impact of that is just significantly higher than what you would get for, let's say, a David Ajabo at that point, where you're talking about guys who are going to be are going to be essentially backups for at least three years. And again, mm-hmm. if you want to upgrade at edge rusher, don't draft a Jabo and then wait three years. Right. Sign well, Brian Burns. Like, is Brian Burns going to want to be back in Carolina and what next year? Right. After whatever they do, the whole staff might be gone. Like, if you really want to upgrade, then okay. Then let's let's get let's get real about it. Let's not play coy about it and say, "Well, I hope that the Achilles works out and he hits his ceiling, and Sam Hubbard just gets old or something, and they have a reason to bench him." Like, I don't. Yeah, and the the super, like I said, the Super Bowl window is is now. I mean, I think it's still over three years, but it's right now. So we need guys who can impact the team now, twenty twenty two. Maybe it's not necessarily like the Rams are doing where you sacrifice everything, take in a bunch of dead money over the next couple of years to really say, hey, we've got a year or two. Because I know John Sheeran's made a point of saying, hey, the window is while we have Joe Burrow. It's not necessarily. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's a big window. Right. But but right. it's, it's open. But I it's wide, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. wide open Maximize right now. So right. right, that that's that's the point. And, and we need guys that I think are going to impact them now and three years from now. But but more now. I'll get to Terry's question here. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what about the cornerback uh, Bradbury from the Giants? He's 6'1", 28 years old, and the Giants are willing to pay a large chunk of his remaining salary. What are the odds he could be cornerback two for the Cincinnati Bengals? I like it. I do. Um Generally, and I kind of touched a little bit on this theme earlier, cornerback is kind of like offensive line in the sense that it's a weak link system, right? It's excellent to have that shutdown guy. It's excellent to have that elite tackle that can remove somebody. But it doesn't matter if they're sending stunts and twists at Bobby Hart on the right side of the line all freaking day, right? (laughs) Right. So as good as, you know, you could put Willie Anderson on, on the left tackle if you really want to. It doesn't matter because Bobby Hart's over there getting his keister kicked, right? So in the same way, cornerback, right? And we saw it with even one, it's a very volatile position. It's up and down all the time. The best guys aren't consistently the best guys. We saw that with Jamar Chase and everybody doing very well on Jalen Ramsey, who's largely considered the best corner in the NFL. Um, Sometimes that's just how it is. And it can be a weak link system where you see this all the time where teams will target guys you look at the targets for a season and some DBs get targeted 40 times and other ones get targeted 108 times. It's not because teams are just attacking the right or the left side of the field. They're watching the tape and going, that guy sucks. We're going to go after him. <laughs> well, that's just like the, the, the Bearcats this year with, with right. sauce. They weren't we going to go Kobe. with sauce. They said, we're going to try our luck right. at Kobe Bryant. And, 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 so- and Goodberry was saying that he, he was a uh, cover guys at, I think it was, I think it was covered at 48% or something like that. It was off the charts. And that's right. where, and I'm, like I said, I'm going to throw my flag out there. I'm a big UC homer. So, I mean, you got to take this with a grain of salt. I want Kobe. I mean, I, I if Kobe is there in the third round, I want Kobe, dude. I know. Let me tell, let me tell you why I'm not there on Kobe. Okay? Why is that? Kobe is old. So, there's not the, the, the age upside, right? Right, right, right. Kobe is slow. So there's not the athletic upside. 
Kobe has short arms. Like, and I'm not just saying like, no, oh, we're, short. We're good with short arms. We draft guys with short arms right. all the time. <laughs> they don't draft corners with sub 30 arms. Period. I know. I know. So that's why Trey McBride is just not even in the conversation for me. Right. That's a different story. Right. But um, I, you're talking about a corner who's not going to get faster. He's not going to get any younger. He's not going to get longer arms. If you give me a corner who, like Booth, is yeah, he's got the injury question and he's a good, not elite athlete. And yeah, he's super aggressive. You'll see his PFF grade maybe is not where you'd want it to be for a good corner. It's 70. Why? Because his missed ta- his tackle grade is like 43 because the guy is tackling with his shoulders and ducking his eyes and head. Right. But the guy has long arms and is fast. And I can teach you to have your eyes up on a tackle. Right. I can't teach you to be faster, have longer arms. That's a guy I want in the – fourth or fifth round that's not a guy I want to take in the third because his upside is he's maybe what CB3 for you and I just don't see it I'd rather take a guy at that point who has the athletic profile that you can say not just here's what he's in college I hope he can be at least that good in the NFL which you're facing better athletes you're not facing the they're not in the Big Twelve yet. I'm just saying the the level. Yeah, of I, know, I know. I know. That's the thing is, I know. You, I, know yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I don't. And that's what everybody keeps telling me. I'm like, I'm like, I know. I'm like, I, I get, I get I all that stuff. I do. Right. I get all that stuff. But, but that's the thing. Just, in the fourth or fifth round, I like it better. But I yeah, would rather take a guy who I can say he could be better than he was, as opposed to saying I hope he's at least as good. Like, yeah. it, I mean, I, I, I get all that stuff. It's just I, right. I, I literally watched him play for four years, and I, I'm just, I'm sold on him. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's. No. A starter quarterback, but he's definitely a guy that, that should be considered. We'll see. What no, that, that would be fun. And to answer the original question, I would love for any cornerback that is proven to be capable. Obviously, Lou Anarumo is going to like veterans with all the different kind of movement he has, different sub packages he has. He wants someone who's going to be versatile and intelligent. And I like the idea of adding these guys, these $7 million guys, these $8 right. million guys. And like I said, like for the offensive line, Add a Ted Karras and an Alex Kappa. You don't need to go spend $23 million on an Armstead because you can add three guys for the price of one, and then you don't have that weak link system. You have, gosh, that's a solid secondary. We're going to have to really just try and figure it out and earn it. There's no clear place to attack. So I think there's a value in that. I would love for them to get Bradbury. I don't see it right now. I think they wait to see the draft, how that plays out. You got to remember the free agent market for corners has been really weird this offseason. Right. It's the tight ends all got signed right away. To well, which, overvalue yeah, that, deals that and corners were yeah. right. And then corners were just left by the it's wayside. Devin Gilmore still out there. It blows <laughs> my mind. I, yeah. Him, I, mean, I know he's I mean, older. Stephen but Nelson he's, for the Chiefs and Steelers. He's right. been solid. He's a quality average corner. You know how many teams need a quality average corner? Almost everyone. So I'm just, I'm sitting here like, I don't understand it. So I think they'll play the draft. And then afterwards, I think they'll fill in the cracks with if they don't go offensive line early, maybe they bring back Quentin Spain. If they do go offensive line early, maybe they draft a guy like a Kobe Bryant in the third or fourth and then bring in a veteran like a Steven Nelson and AJ Bouye, something like that, where we have a veteran guy. There's not the pressure on someone who maybe didn't perform or needs time, or we want to see what we have. You're not putting them right in because your nickel is your base. Now you don't want right. your third corner just out there. Right. So exactly. I, I would like them to see, I would like to see them attack that like they have with Cheeto with Apple the same way. So I would love to see Bradbury added. I just don't 
think anything's going to necessarily happen until after the draft. I got a question from uh, the natural here. Said thoughts on Drake Jackson. Drake Jackson. That one, um, that one does not ring a bell to me, so I'm hoping you know who he's talking about. I he's an edge defender from USC, and um, I can't say that I am tremendously familiar with him. Uh, the overall stats, looking at his PFF grades, I he's had. Let's put it this way. He's had a good progression. He started off as a 70 in his freshman year and slowly worked up to an 82.2. PFF currently has them as their 11th ranked edge. And overall, they have him ranked around 50 on the big board. So you're looking at a prospect who's maybe back end of round two there. Um, Looking at the general pros and cons they have in their draft guide here, he's a very bendy edge, is that kind of athletic guy. Long limbs, kind of smaller, like limber edge frame that he can fill out a little bit. Um, and that's probably the the cons on him, too, is that that power that, you know, facing those power players is not quite uh, not quite his strong suit. And in that same manner, his, his conversion of his athleticism and speed to the power is not as good either. Um, his overall production scores are not great. Maybe it's a, a factor of. He still needs to develop the the sand in the pants, as they say, for the right. for the trench players. Right. It's very real, and that's the thing. Again, we're going back to these guys who are nineteen and twenty and twenty one years old. Remember, Giannis grew like three inches from the right. time that he was drafted when yep. he was eighteen and nineteen till the time he was like twenty two. So these guys are still growing into their bodies. All right. Um, it could be a guy who is an athletic project that you say, "Hey, this guy can become the three down edge." maybe in a year or two when he develops a little bit more, can be that rotational speed rusher for you and just be a little bit better in terms of his own power as well as taking on power. Okay. Now I have a question for my own here. Um, I, now when this whole draft process started for me, I either wanted Wyatt out of uh, Georgia or I wanted uh, Linderbaum. And it got to the point where I didn't think either one of them were going to be there. Now it's kind of looking like maybe Linderbaum might be there. Now I'm kind of hearing some stuff that Wyatt might be sh- uh, slightly dropping a little bit. What's your thoughts on him? Is, is he actually dropping enough to get down to 31? If he, if he is, then that that's going to be a really – just if it was Wyatt or Linderbaum, which to me that would be best-case scenario, it would be hard. I don't, I don't know which one I would go for because we only have um, – at three tech, we only have. Uh, oh, geez, I can't. Think. DJ Hill. Thank you. Uh, that's the only only three tech we have. If, if unless they resign Larry Ogunjobi, which at this point I don't know if they're going to or not because it'd be kind of weird. Larry mm-hmm. would come back and he wouldn't be the starter this year, and that's a whole you know other can of worms. But anyway, right. That's the that's the other need they have. They have to try to get another three tech somewhere. But if you get the center and you have five elite players at the offensive line, that is huge. So that's where. Not that Wyatt's going to drop there. I don't know if he's going to. I still think I still doubt he's going to be there, but I have heard he's starting to drop a little bit. He might. Um, I know there's some fans of Logan Hall and DeMarvin Leal, some other guys who kind of fit that mold. I don't know that they'll. It would be a surprise akin to, uh, gosh, who was the edge rusher out of Houston that the Saints took? Oh, um, you know who I'm talking about. It yes. was. At the back end of the first round, I can't remember his name oh, yeah. for the life of me. Yeah, I, I got, I have so many. It would be similar to that where you yeah. had a maybe mid second round player that one team really liked and they reached on them and said, This is a perfect fit, like a Tyler Lindenbaum. He's a perfect fit for our scheme. We like him. We interviewed him, his tape, all this. Let's get him in there. 
I would assume Devontae Wyatt is the second kind of guy to go from the interior off the board after Jordan Davis. Right. Um, I think people will see that athletic profile. And also, he's not your typical kind of 24-year-old, right? With the COVID shortened offseason and his weird rotation and a very talented room of Georgia players, there's there's reasons to talk yourself into more upside than you would expect from a general 24-year-old defensive lineman with production questions, right? So right. Uh, with that, I think he could, like you said, slide to the back end of the first rounder out of it. There it is. Marcus Davenport. Was it Marcus Davenport? Pretty sure. That's, I, I think from Houston, right? He went to, went to, to New Orleans. he went to Houston, did he? Am I, am I completely wrong? Uh, oh, gosh, I thought it was last draft. I'm going to, I'm going to look this up. This right, is, yeah. I, I, I was going to go with, with Natty here, but maybe I'm wrong. I no, I, um, I think Marcus Davenport was taken a couple, a couple years ago. Um, but no, I, I, I do like the idea of why I want to add to that interior pass rush a lot. They're, they're going to have to either way. You And that, that's where I'm at with, with, uh, with, uh, he's from, uh, he's from, uh, US, USTA is where he's from. I yeah, think. no, I, I'm pretty, I'm almost certain it was Houston that, uh, their draft pick was from, but, I'm, but what, but uh, the thing is with, with the Bengals and I, I don't think they're going to do anything with free agency till after the draft. Cause they got to see how I think. Peyton Turner. Sorry. Peyton Turner. There you go. That's it. out of Houston. There we go. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I, yeah, but, but the, uh, the, the Bengals are said, I don't think they're going to really do anything with a more free agency until after the, the draft, well, except for, I think they are going to resign Trey flowers. And I know John Sheeran, I would love for them to do that. Yeah. I, I think his versatility is that tight end cover guy. I mean, if you don't have him, you immediately need him. Right. You're talking about a place where you're in a division with Mark Andrews. You're in a division with David and Joku. You're and, in uh, Lamar Jackson. With, yeah, you're in conference with <laughs> Dawson Knox and Travis Kelsey, and you're going to see them again in the playoffs more likely than not. So you definitely need to have that guy, that chess piece. And because of that, paired with the – that's the thing about the Ojabo thing. It seems gratuitous. People, people say, oh, well, they're in a position because they're at the back end of the round and their window's open and they can just take BPA. But that doesn't mean just take any I, Yeah, no. It doesn't just give you the yeah. license to just – yeah. So there's right. got to be a, there's got to be some logic to it, yeah. um, which I don't understand why more people aren't talking about how – and the conversation has come up more recently that both safeties are coming to the yeah. end of their contracts. And safety right. is they're gonna sometimes they're, there's three of them on the field yeah. with Lou Anarumo's scheme. So they're, they're drafting one, th- th- this this draft. I guarantee you they're I drafting one somewhere. If they go trenches in that first round, whether that's D, uh, three tech or whether that's interior offensive line, I think you could see them pivot and hit that defensive back. Maybe that – I don't think Kyler Gordon, I can hope that Kyler Gordon would fall that far, but maybe that kind of mold to where you have that versatile guy who Mike Hilton's getting older. Maybe he can help supplant Mm -hmm. some of those snaps and also fill in for the Vaughn Bell role and just kind of be that box safety type deal, that Javon Holland type guy. Um, I, I think you could see them either take that or, it's probably a bit early for linebacker, but Pratt's contract is going to be up. And I don't know that with T Higgins and Joe Burrow, everyone on the, that's, on the horizon, they're going to want to extend him. That's Even though I mean. he has looked better and been solid. And you, I, an average linebacker Bengals fans a couple years ago would have been like, sign the man right now. Like, but <laughs> well, that, that's I, I I'm, see I'm with you on that because, because we do have these huge contracts with Stefan Diggs signed this what $96 million contract extension. I mean, and these are the real things. Dime, 
I'm sorry, with the nickel and dime they're playing and all these safeties, what if they say, hey, we're going to play nickel, but we're going to let Logan Wilson be our linebacker and mm-hmm. we're going to put a safety in there as the other weak side linebacker as our coverage right. guy. I mean, it's there's different ways you can go with it. And that's why I see them kind of maybe in that third round or fourth round, maybe taking a swing at a linebacker safety kind of hybrid guy that maybe either one or the other or some hybrid of both that they want to take as that chess piece or that guy they can kind of develop and have on that back end. All right. Uh, Stringer 4-420 says, uh, thoughts on Sterling Weatherford, 6'4", 230 safety from Miami of Ohio. And then he followed that up with this one, which I like this. He said, sign Flowers, draft draft Sterling Weatherford in the fourth. What tight end? LOL. <laughs> What's your thoughts on uh, uh, Weatherford? So Weatherford, uh, I can't say that I have done any scouting on him in particular. I have mainly focused on kind of the guys at the higher end of the draft, uh, kind of the more. Well, I think we've guys. all gotten off to a, a slower start. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> You're not kidding. Off. There was actually I stuff mean, to cover in free agency, right? I mean, like, dude. I mean. We, last couple of years, we're we're starting to cover the draft in December. I mean, well, I what, mean, not even you? just not, not even just that too. It's talking about think about how crazy the trades have been. Oh, oh the NFL news has they, been. They all all the, the trades, season. right? They, all the trades went to the freaking AFC. Like I keep saying, I, I think I've said this on every show this week, but the AFC is the varsity, and the a- a- NFC is the JV. The AFC is no freaking joke this year. It is going to be absolutely a bloodbath. To see who who can get that get that crown oh, this year, it's it's nuts. I so I apologize, stranger, that I don't have more information on him. Stranger, uh, says, just, sorry. Oh, stranger, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I, that I don't too. have more on him. I would uh, I would like to refer you to a couple guys that I know on Twitter who would have better answers for you. Obviously, everyone knows Sands. Uh, draft guy Jared is out there breaking down prospects too. So I would encourage you to reach out to them and see what kind of fit that they believe that uh, he would be for the Bengals. All right, Natty said this. We kind of touched on this a little bit. He said, "Are the Bengals going to draft a big time corner with some speed to help cover tight ends?" Now, yeah, let's let's talk about Tariq. Uh, gosh, what's his name? Wooly, is that right? The six four four three guy that mm-hmm. uh, has mm-hmm. length and size, but mm-hmm. yeah, is a little bit maybe stiff hipped. That's a guy I can get on board with. See, that's a guy I can get excited about at like the back end of the second round. Like, don't get me wrong, man. Like. Kobe White's the or Kobe Bryant's the hometown kid, you know. Like he's there's a lot of appeal there. There's a fondness there, but man, you you show me a corner who's six two, six three, and can maybe run with some of those tight ends, and I'm like, man, I kind of. <laughs> and uh, Nate Tice has been talking about this too uh-huh. uh, on the podcast uh, with the Athletic with Robert Mays, and has been kind of talking about the shift toward the big slot power slot the cd right. lambs of the world right mm-hmm. how they've kind of unlocked the run game and if you're putting these smaller defensive backs out there covering the slot like you used to or if you're treating these tight ends like actual inline tight ends and putting linebackers on them then you're losing you're you're losing the size battle in the run game against these smaller corners and these big guys like cd lamb or marquez valdez scantling for the chiefs and you're giving yourself a significant coverage disadvantage, covering those tight ends like tight ends. When you get these guys who are the more physical tacklers, the guys like Kyler Gordon, who are maybe not the bigger guys, the six foot guys, maybe they're six, one, six, two, but the guys with that physicality who can take on those big slots in the run game are going to be more valuable because not only can you take on those big slots in the run game, 
you can also cover tight ends mm -hmm. in the slot mm -hmm. as true tight ends. So right. when you have that, you can cover C.D. Lamb or Marquez Valdez-Scantling, but you can also cover that Dawson Knox or that Travis Kelsey that they flare out into the slot. So I think those kind of players are going to start having as significantly more value than maybe some of the smaller kind of slot corners that we've seen kind of become the, the, the rage a little bit. And one thing I want to put it to you this way, and with the Bengals have fixed fixing the offensive line the way it is, even with, with or without drafting Tyler Linnebong, this is also going to be a, a contributing factor to helping out the defense. Mm -hmm. I think the Bengals got a shot of damn near averaging 40 points a game. I know I, Joe Goodberry said I was crazy. He's probably going to be at more like 32, <laughs> maybe 37. Like, dude, we can put it on people this year because when that offense was clicking last year, we were we were averaging 30 points a game. And, and we will actually have a consistent offensive line. That, you know, God willing, they all stay healthy. That's all what is up. Every NFL season, it's all prefaced on if they stay healthy. And to me, that's a big uh, thing to, to help the defense. I mean, if you're if you're out there, you you know your offense can go drop 40, 35 on them every single week. That's going to help your defense in the long run, too. And it's going to be hard for them, the other teams, to keep up with us. So they're going to have to take more chances or have to do more things to try to keep up with the Bengals' offense. So that's I think that's the appeal of guys like Linderbaum. Is yes, like you're saying, right. that offense, you go from we're working with the quick game and sometimes we're going to use play action to take shots to, well, guess what? MFers, we're going to let Joe Burrow take seven-step drops. He's going. Yeah, again. that's Maybe. coming. Like, yeah, I'm we're talking about we're sending everybody deep, and now all of a sudden you're like, oh, all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm talking. I get you on board with it. I can get on board with that. I understand the appeal of screw it. Let's make the offense F as potent as possible. <laughs> exactly. And hey, and you're gonna have a nice, clean, wide open pocket to decipher all that for if you get him. So it's. I understand the appeal of going offensive line and saying we're going to put the bow, the chef's kiss on the offense and say, mm -hmm. we'll figure out the defense. We'll sign some of these guys who are 28, 29, kicking around. We'll sign them to the one or two year deal and we'll be completely fine with it. Let the defense be the variance because defense has variance anyways and say, hey, we'll score 35 a game. Keep up with us. Good luck. Well, I got another one for you as far as a free agent is, uh, is uh, Akeem Hicks. From the Bears, he's still out there. I, I love the team Hicks. I, 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 I'm a big. I'm, I'm kind of surprised he's still out there. I'm like, hey, if he wants, he's only getting. A, if he's only one year, two year deal. I know he's, you know, on the other side of thirty. He's still right. a pretty damn good player. I'd bring him in. If well, that's the appeal of the Bengals that. now is they're now one of those contender teams that right. you can sign with to go pursue. And mm -hmm. so, I. uh I think that's pretty interesting. I did want to give a shout out to uh, Royal Flush Terry. I see him over there talking about one of my one of my crushes, Calvin Austin. That's uh, that's a guy who I know a lot of people, especially Zim, have been champion uh, championing a little championing a little bit. Um, these guys, he's they said he's basically like what you like expected of Rondell Moore, except maybe a little more receiver and a little less gadget player. The guy has the acceleration, the burst, the special teams ability. He would be the perfect like number four receiver to fill in for those return duties that the Bengals have sorely been looking for someone to just capably do for years. It seems like, I mean, right. Trent Taylor back there was just like, ah, someone who can catch the ball and just like run in the straight line, like in the open direction, like, oh, wow, great. Awesome. And um, so, yeah, I would like Calvin Austin for that guy who 
could give you that spark, that return threat, and also come in and give you that speed, that juice. If you wanted to take Jamar Chase off the field for a play or two after running vertical after vertical or post after post with sweep after sweep, because eventually the guy gets tired running all this way. Exactly. So I would like the way for, you know, Jamar Chase to be wearing people down and suddenly, uh oh, here comes Calvin Austin, you know, and then zoom right past you. So I, I really like that. He's, he's silky. He's fun. I, I really enjoy him. He's a player that I would be over the moon if the Bengals got him in, say, the third round. Now I got to bring this up because I, I I actually wrote, I don't write many articles, but I actually wrote an article on this. And BB here said, let's get the best punter in college football. I, dude, I, and I, it had, might have to do because of money, Mick, but Matt Ariza, I, I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not saying third round, I'm saying fifth round, sixth yep. round. You know, if he's there, take him. The 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 highlight clips I've seen of him, Evan, he's a game changer. I, and I know we have uh, uh, Drew Christensen. I know everything. We got him, which I understand that. I'm not saying he's a bad punter. I'm not saying Kevin Huber's a bad punter. This dude is freaking a game changer. I've never seen a guy with a leg like this. And I'm just, I, if you could get him and Evan McPherson in the same team, no, get the out of here, dude. I'm like, I say go for it. I, I don't, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I'm with you there after the fourth. If it's fifth round or later, I'm 100% with you. I still think you can get quality players at guard, linebacker, interior defensive line at, in that round. You can mm-hmm. find contributors or even starters. Um, so fifth round or later, I would be 100% for it. I know Zim was making this argument on uh, – their first Cincinnati pod. Shout out to the Cincinnati guys yep, out there. Yep. Everybody go they give them a listen. Yes, and, uh, and they were talking about if you can be the best at something with just one pick, with one player, do it. Right. And while sometimes you say, oh, it's a punter, how much value is there? There's a what lot of value in uh-huh. someone who can literally take, flip the field to where, hey, God forbid there's a three and out, there's a drop or something, and it just doesn't go your way. You end up at fourth and two on your own 35 or your own 30. Well, instead of getting, and again, Kevin Huber, respect. I love Kevin. He's a Bearcat. He went to my high school. Right. I respect you. Love you. Thank you for representing. Right. But that is getting returned to like the 45 or the 50 versus maybe a touchback, (laughs) maybe a pin. The dude can cough and corner with the best of them. Yes. That's the thing is one, it's just the power is, is, it's stunning. It's stupid. hang time. I mean, he he'll kick it to the five yard line on, and with his heels on the on the back of the uh, the other end zone, and guys would be down there to cover it. <laughs> right. It's the it's the power insane. and impact that he can put on it is it's it's exceptional. I mean, it's the same way that people say, oh, when you watch Justin Herbert or Aaron Rodgers throw the ball, the way it pops out of their hand is different. The way this ball leaves this guy's foot is different. It's the value of Michael Dixon to the Seahawks where when he was as good as he was and you saw the clips, I mean, they would be pinned on the 20 and he would punt all the freaking way downfield. And how much value is there in getting an extra 20 yards cushion for your defense? I mean, in one instance, maybe not that much, but you do that 12, 13, 14 times during the season. Well, sometimes at least two or three times or four times, maybe that 20 yards could be a difference in whether or not, it's a touchdown or a field goal. And that could be the difference in a game. And really, does it have to be a difference in more than one or two for that to be a worthwhile pick while he's at least just out there performing capable punting duties? Because mm-hmm. there were some times watching Kevin Huber, Huber that it was like, 
<laughs> like it's just the same way that it looked like I Joe. One of my favorite idioms I ever heard from Joe Goodberry was Ryan Finley looks like he's throwing paper airplanes out there. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I, I feel that way sometimes when Huber punts it. It's just like it's so soft and gentle and it's like almost like, ah, all right, it's it, it's time to move on, you know. And um, so, no, I, I think that would be a lot of fun and I would be completely fine with that in the fifth, fifth or sixth round. Absolutely. And that he said in the league trying to move away from special teams. They're never going. They're they're not the the union will not let them take a job away. Too many jobs for too many. Yeah, too many yeah, players it, make their make their living off of being a special yeah. teams guy for you know right. six or seven years. Yeah, right. that's there a way goes. for for you to get all the other guys outside of the twenty two, the twenty five, the thirty. Who I mean, they're they're guys who 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 are are, are pro bowlers on special teams. That's I mean, shoot, Brandon Wilson. That's he's right. going to be a he's a yeah. I mean, he's a rotational safety when you really need it. But I mean, mainly he's your special teams guy. Exactly that, and that's that, that's their jobs. So they're not going to they're just not going to take jobs away. There's no way. Dude, I mean, Cedric Pyramid. I mean, there's a bunch of guys like right. that who are just exactly. who are just good. I mean. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's there, how they there, make the There's a guy I went to I went to high school with. His name was Ike Reese. He played. He was a Pro Bowl uh, special teams guy for the Eagles back in the uh, '90s, and he had a whole career uh, of of being a special teams player. So I mean, it. it Maybe I mean, they'll try and make it safer somehow. Yeah, they're going to keep their change distances and stuff, but I, mean, they, I don't they think they'll thing, get rid of it. Yeah, they got the thing now where they're making them wear the extra pads on the helmets or something. At least, in yeah, they're doing that for uh, for training up to I believe the second preseason game to try yeah. and reduce the the small repetitive impacts that right, i guess right. caused that that Which I'm, I'm all for you yeah you right know. yeah i mean if you're in practicing yeah save yourself i mean right, that's yeah right. put your put your head in bubble wrap i'm cool with it yeah you, <laughs> you do what you got to do i mean right. it's uh yeah i'm all for player safety i think it's a good idea but yeah I, I don't think they'll ever do away with it especially with how big betting has become okay. they're a huge part of that right. i understand hunting's not but but they, they won't do away with field goals and uh. Even with field goals, you still have block teams, and right. yeah, you might you might not have return teams, but I mean, I, again, I just I don't see them completely getting rid of that aspect yeah. of the game. Wow. It's football, man. People, it, it, it's a rough sport. It's I think they'll find ways to make the equipment safer before they say yeah. we're going to just do away right. with this altogether. And like you said, I don't think the union would allow that to happen. Right? Exactly. All right, Evan, you give me uh, almost fifty minutes. I appreciate it. Tell everybody, you know, where they can follow you on Twitter. And if you got any other any other things you want to plug coming out. Yeah, um, I'll take this opportunity to plug everyone else who's out there putting out great content, man. I mean, God bless Sands, who grinded out all the free agents and then just jumped right into all the draft prospects. So shout man, to him. I know Willie's been out there. Willie's been doing a good job of hitting that. Obviously, uh, shout out to all the, the Right Way Sports Network folks. Yeah, baby. Yeah, all of them are doing great work over there, putting together good quality content. So shout out to them and go give Ace and Zim a follow with their Winsonati pod, man. They're they're starting something nice over there. And anyone who anyone who's watching this show surely knows about Zim and Ace, and you know the energy they bring, the passion they bring. So I would say, man, just go out. There's a, so many, so many good, talented Bengals content creators out there right now, and writers and beat beat writers, media members, everything. So I would just say. Take the opportunity to support as many of them as you can because there's so many people out there doing great work. Absolutely. And I, I always look at it this way. Like, we're not competing. We're all one big Bengals family, you know? You it's, remember where Bengals Twitter was, like, even four or five years ago and how devoid of content it was. It's, right. And now there's just 
I can't get to it all, man. There's three or four shows I got to watch every night just to try and keep up, man. And it's your cup runneth over, you know. You better better be watching my show every night. I mean, come on. Of course. Hey, it's just yeah. That's the that's the daily. We know that's in there. It's tough to keep track of all the other stuff. (laughs) Right. But Ace and Zim, they they got a good guest. I don't know how the hell they get these guests. I I gotta find out. But they got uh, Zim's a hustler, baby. He's got that rock star charisma. You know, he's just. I gotta figure it out, man. I'm like, I'm I'm still waiting for Darren Simmons. Told me he'd come on my show. I still wait for him to to get back with me. Evan McPherson. It's t- the actual Evan McPherson. I was going to say, I can throw a jersey on. I can shave my face. I mean, I can get, like, really poor man's Evan McSomething. Like. Evan, Evan actually follows me on Twitter, so I could DM him. And he was he's told me he's going to come on my show, and I'm still waiting. So, <laughs> now, the other thing, her cool thing is T. Higgins' mom. I, I talked to her during the – you. I think you met her. She's uh-huh. at Jim's uh, tailgate, and she said she'd come on. I haven't heard from anybody. So, if you guys are watching – we're starting, yeah, start hitting those follow-ups. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm, dude, that's why I started, like, last night I started tweeting out everybody. I'm like, hey, you said you'd come on. Hey, you said you'd come on. Hey. Right, yeah. Get <laughs> you all on here. It's draft season. It's time. Let's exactly. ramp it up. Exactly. I'll the crap out of them. Evan, I appreciate you, brother, and we definitely got to do it again. Let's uh, do it a little closer. Like, we still got another, what, month? Eh, plus that to the draft. I have to get you on again. It's a good time, man. We're we're excited. As we get closer, I think uh, we're starting to get the visits now. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. you're starting to get a little better pulse. The the there's going to be smoke screens floating out there. Some stuff that makes you go, "What the heck?" But there's other stuff that pay attention to your beat writers. Pay attention to Malik. Pay attention to James and Jake and everybody who's, who's got a pulse on the team. Exactly. They'll they'll start coming out with. Uh, They'll start coming out with some tidbits. I'm sure in the next couple of weeks for us. Yeah, you, you always got to keep out for look out for uh, Malik's uh, gifs. I know he's he's always on it, man. He, he'll sneak him in there too. He's he's real. Well, he he's got real he got about it, dude. I freaked out when he, he'll just be he, like, "Oh, cut the grass today, stub my toe. It's real cool." And then you'd be like, "Oh, wait, you didn't catch that?" It's like, but the best one yeah. was 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 you're signing like, Matt Stubby. That's what I meant. <laughs> the like, best yeah. was when he, when he was uh, talking about uh, the the country singer uh, Lyle Lovitz, and I go, "Lyle," I'm like, "Oh," and I looked at my son. I go, "L." Lyle, he was, first of all, he, my son goes, who's Lyle Lovett? I said, he's an old country singer. Don't worry about it. I said, but it's Lyle <laughs> Collins. Right? I said, Malik's calling it. It's Lyle Collins. I know what he's talking about. Oh, <laughs> man. Anyway, yeah, man. thankfully for all those guys. I'll go ahead and let you go. I appreciate you having me on, Jeff. Exactly, man. Hey, go Reds tonight, 8 o'clock. Go Reds, baby. Hey, <laughs> hope, uh, hopefully we uh, – Hopefully it's it's better than people right. think. I, I'm looking I'm forward to being pleasantly surprised because yeah. the expectations are just yeah non-existent. Yes, <laughs> I, I'm with you on that, but we'll find out tonight. Evan, appreciate you, brother. Who day? No problem. Thanks for having me. We'll see you. See you, man. All right, guys. Go find uh, go follow Evan Mick Phillips on Twitter. He's a great follow. And like I said, go check out uh, Ace and Zim. Like I said, they got their their new podcast, Wincinnati. Uh, I think they're on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7:30 is what they said. And I know they got a great guest tonight. Um, it's uh, somebody from the front office. Play, it's player development, I think it is. I cannot remember his name. I looked at it right before I went on the air, and I'm like, man, oh, I got to get some of these guys on. So, Evan McPherson, Darren Simmons, T. Higgins' mom. And I, I love her. She's the one of the nicest people I've met, and I cannot remember her actual name. <laughs> so, I apologize. Please come on my show. You guys have told me you would. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm begging you on here. Anyway, let's get to the uh, Facebook groups that let me live stream. And, of course, I appreciate every single one of them. Hootay Nation, Hootay Legion, Cincinnati Reds, riding third, riding third, heading for home, Bearcat Ruckus, Bearcat Country, the Ohio State Buck, Buck Nuts, the Ice Bar, and then you follow me. 
on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. I'll be pulling off the sound later on tonight. So if you want to listen to it while you're at work tomorrow, during the day, drive around the city, check it out. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Give me a five-star review. Leave a comment so more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, like I said, you guys have been killing it this week. Like I said, last Friday, I was at 1,535 subscribers. As of right now, like right before I started the show, I was at 1,549 subscribers. That is awesome. I'm trying to get to 2,000 as fast as I can. I set a goal to get there before the Bengal season starts, which is in September. But the way I'm going, I might get there before, which would be huge. I would appreciate it. So please, guys, if you're watching on Facebook, if you're watching on Twitter, just you're not a big YouTube fan, that's fine. Just do me a favor. Create an account. It's free. Go to YouTube. Subscribe to Sports Strawberry Ice. I would greatly appreciate it. It helps me out a lot. Hit those likes. Hit the thumbs ups. Helps, helps with the algorithm. Let's go watch the Reds tonight. 8 o'clock. I'm starting with an open mind. Look. I'm not happy with what they've what they've done. I'm a Reds fan. I'm a diehard Reds fan. I'm a diehard Bengals fan. I'm a diehard Cincinnati fan. That's why I've been so hurt by and I'm, I'm not kidding. I've been hurt by what Bob Castellini has done to my team. All right. We had a World Series caliber team in 2020. And all he's done is take away and take away and take away. And that just hurts my heart. It hurts my heart. I mean. I, it, it's, it's, but I will never stop rooting for the Reds. So no matter how much I bitch and complain about them, it's because I love them. <laughs> That's my team. That's my ride or die. So I'm going to watch them tonight. I suggest you guys watch them too. Hey, the playoffs are expanded. Like I said on my little video I did earlier today, if Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo are neck and neck in the rookie of the year this year, we could have a pretty good season. We'll find out. Starts tonight at 8 o'clock. Go check it out. And other than that, that's just sports, baby. See ya!
Metro Polo, Bingo Polo, never stop it to the beast of East and Nota. Who they rockin' with the diamond stripes, flossing on the wings? Cincinnati, she's our queen. We gon' show the world who king. Watchin' the day black in the night. Stripes in our veins, sparks gonna fly. The beast is awake, orange, black and white. Cause when the jungle come alive, who they? We ignite and I. Cincinnati, we gon' rise.